Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Welcome, Sky community, to another episode of Sky Women. I'm so excited that you're with us today because we have a special guest with us, Dr. Funke Brown. She's a triple board certified sleep medicine physician who's passionate about helping people discover the gift of sleep as a superpower. I mean, that is a mission, Dr. Brown. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having (laughs) me. I'm so excited. Absolutely. So I'm just going to get into your bio a little more because you provided it for me and it's just fantastic. You're also a speaker, an educator, a writer, and the founder of Restful Sleep MD, where you help busy professional women and their children prioritize sleep, but also thrive and live in their fullest potential. And I I just got to say, I need you in my life. And so you're here to educate me and others. Thank you so much. So how did you get interested in sleep medicine? I would say I would start with my own story. Honestly, it was something that I struggled with. I never just seemed to have enough of. And so right from training, right, where I was burning the candle on both ends, like everyone else, but really struggling with the, you know, with the consequences of that, um, started to spark my interest as I started to discover for myself that I needed to get enough sleep to function. I would like spend the whole night, you know, trying to study and then go to my test the next morning and I couldn't remember anything. And, you know, of course, I wonder the why lab, you couldn't remember anything. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I just read this. Why can't I seem to grasp it? Why am I at a loss for words? You know, and yeah. I was walking in that constant fog, felt anxious, all that. And it's all related to sleep deprivation. Yeah. And then yeah. fast forward, you know, I studied, I did a, my training initially in pulmonary, pediatric pulmonary medicine, but then again, started seeing this theme of sleep deprived moms bringing their kids in and you know, and I could just identify with them myself. And so that really pushed me, want to get my, you know, my fellowship, my training in sleep medicine, and then to create my company, which is Restful Sleep MD, really focused on helping moms get the sleep they need, helping them personally, helping their kids, and making sure that the whole family is able to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I always say in our family is that when when we all sleep well, we're better to each other, you know, (laughs) like if mama's well-rested, I'm going to be much happier. And I fall in the spread as I'm sure so many other moms may, where you struggle to stick to that bedtime, especially in the Mm -hmm. summer when it's daylight until almost 9 PM. And then you Mm -hmm. finally get everybody to bed and you get your little task done, or you won't vegging out until it's entirely too late and you're kicking yourself because you're wondering why in the world did I stay up too late? But it's the first moment that you've had any time to yourself. Yes. What you just described is actually a term now that is well, it's not that well known, but it's, there's not too much research on it, but it's called revenge um, bedtime procrastination. It's a thing. It's it's not made up. Exactly what, if you, look it, if you look it up online, that's exactly what you just described. You might as well just type it up. That is called revenge bedtime <laughs> procrastination. And it's very common with 
a lot, a lot of busy professional women, as well as, you know, college students as well, where you've just felt so consumed by everything else and everyone else. Yeah. And then finally, you're like, oh, I get a time to myself. Like, come on, you know, I deserve this. And so one Netflix show which um, turns into 10 and one small bowl of ice cream becomes like, you know, the entire pint, you know? So, and then you're annoyed because guess what? Those kids you put to bed wake you up in the morning. And so you didn't get enough sleep and you're like, why did I do this? And then the day starts. Yeah. And again and again, there we go. Yeah. And so then you go into your Starbucks coffee and your <laughs> afternoon caffeine, and then you can't get to sleep because you had too much caffeine. Yeah. I mean, it's a vicious cycle. So yeah. Dr. Brown, why is sleep so important? Yeah. You know, we could start from top to bottom. Like one thing I say is sleep is not just a luxury, right? You you may have heard a lot of people say things like, you know, you snooze, you lose, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Like sleep yes, is for yes. this. But on the other one thing is it's not just that. First of all, that's completely wrong. You do need sleep to thrive in every area. One, even just for cleaning out your brain, it turns out that we have a system in our brains called the G lymphatic system. It's similar to the lymphatic system in our bodies where deposits on your brain stay on over the course of you being awake. And then you need sleep for that system to kick in and wash off those deposits. And some of those products, those waste products are things like beta amyloid, which have been associated with conditions like Alzheimer's and things like that. So when you do wake up and you feel like you're living in a fog, you feel you're just not quite clear. Some of that is because of that either inefficient system because we've not gotten the sleep we need. And then our heart health, our mental health, our mood, our immune system actually gets revamped when we sleep. Mm -hmm. So in addition to just the rest and restoration, we have healing in our bodies completely when we when we sleep and our metabolism. So we have a lot of people who have, you know, diabetes, hypertension, insulin resistance, things like that. Obesity has also been associated with um, insufficient sleep. So mm-hmm. this really affects us from all the way from the top to the bottom. Aging yeah. faster when we don't get enough. And I always give an example of, think about it as, as a mom yourself. You've had that long day and you can't sleep well. First of all, your choices are off. (laughs) So you might feel some cravings and it's scientifically proven because of those imbalance in your hormones where you suddenly go to the fridge and you're not looking for carrot, you're looking for carrot cake. And that's really because... (laughs) It's a good creamy icing. (laughs) It's not just because you wouldn't typically... I mean, of course, indulge in carrot cake. You deserve it. But at that time at night, that may not be the best option for you. And so, and some of those things are because of the cravings you start to desire because you've not slept well. And so imagine eating that and then trying to go to sleep, you know, and then, you know, the guilt related to that. So really it's so encompassing on a mental level and emotional level and a physical immune system level, you name it. Yeah. So remind me, we're going to come back to that at a later point because, Mm -hmm. you know, like my typical perimenopausal woman who's waking up at night and can't sleep and is gaining weight and can't get it off. Like, we're going to come back to that. Okay. Why do you think that American women are so tired? We are so tired. I would say because we're not prioritizing the things that help our health, really. Sleep is a huge one. You know, when we talk about the critical pillars of health, it's you know, it's um your physical activity is nutrition and also sleep. And so we tend to neglect that as that like 
thing we have to do at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And other things like our obligations, our, you know, our other needs to meet other people's needs and things like that pushes sleep onto the back burner. And so I think that's a huge reason why we don't prioritize sleep. And also I feel like the fact that we don't see sleep as what it is. So if we don't know something, we don't know to do it, right? So understanding the science behind how important sleep is, is the first step to really starting to make those right choices. So I think that's, that's a, those are very common reasons that I, that I encounter. And then there's also the issue of you do get into bed and you can't, it's like sleep eludes you. You've been so exhausted. You're like, oh my goodness, I can't wait to hit my head on that pillow. And then all of a sudden a switch, you know, goes on, which is kind of related to what you said. Like, especially if you've been going, going, going all day, and then you've really not had a time to sort of de-escalate and de-stress right. and then you hop straight into bed, that tends to impact your ability to fall asleep well. Yeah. Right. Well, your mind is racing and you've got the mm-hmm. list of 15 things you need to do and carpool tomorrow and that patient yeah. I need to see and like all of the things. Like, I feel like I have my best thoughts at like 3 a.m. in the morning when I wake up and I'm thinking. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Okay. Yeah. So let's start at where I think the beginning is in setting boundaries for ourselves mm-hmm. because we do this for yeah. our kids, right? Limited screen mm-hmm. time. We're going to take a bath. We're going to read stories. The lights mm-hmm. are dim. And then for us, when the kids go to bed, it's like party, you know, I'm going to watch Netflix. <laughs> Maybe I'll take a bath, yeah. you know, and, and yes. don't do that same like yeah. turning it down to really yeah. get some rest. So let's talk mm-hmm. about what boundaries we should be setting around sleep and setting ourselves up for success. Absolutely. So I think one thing I always say is sometimes when, when you talk about I'm tired all the time, I'm not sleeping well, at times it's not necessarily the sleep issue. It's a boundary issue, mm-hmm. you know? And so the same way we try to set boundaries with our work, with our colleagues, with our kids, mm-hmm. it's the same way we have to apply to sleep. And one of the things I say to start off with is see your sleep as your your sort of like your multidisciplinary visit, right? What do you do in a visit with multiple specialists? You're maybe, you may be seeing a cardiologist, you may be seeing a neurologist, you may be seeing a physical therapist, you may be seeing a nutritionist, you may be seeing what else, a GI doctor, an endocrinologist. So all those specialists, okay? All those specialists are in your sleep <laughs> based on all the yeah. benefits. So the okay. same way you wouldn't miss your appointment with your doctor and say, oh yeah, I know I'm scheduled to see you and five other specialists today, but I'm going to just bump it off a little bit. You don't do that. So set your sleep like an appointment and then everything else you sort of fit in that. And I feel like when we do that, when we say, okay, I've been giving 24 hours a day, everybody has that. It's the gift we've been given. But of those 24 hours, about seven to nine of them are meant to be sleep. So Mm -hmm. how am I going to be strategic in planning my day to make sure I don't miss that appointment with my sleep? Because that's where I get my, you know, my restoration, my energy back, my mood, my focus improved so that I can be a better version of myself. So when you make that switch just in your mind, then it helps you kind of start to line things up in in a way where you're not pushing and running a marathon into your bedroom you're creating some buffer zone you know things like that because well you know if I'm supposed to get you know seven hours of sleep and I plan to be asleep by 10 30 
then I can't be, you know, working actively by 10. I probably need to be winding down because my brain is not going to just switch to sleep mode. My brain needs moments to transition. So that way you sort of create that buffer. Right. Well, I think just like you talked about, you know, studying all night and then going mm. in your chest and wondering why you can't remember the thing that you just read. You knew you read it. You could yeah. almost see where it was on the page, right? Yeah. But you feel like can't recall the information. Our yeah. brains and our bodies and our minds and our moods are mm. all going to function better if we're getting better sleep. Yeah. So I think that's a really fair point is that you have to kind of set the state with yourself. Now, when you say that, everybody always wants like all of these gadgets, right? Like they're talking mm. about the thing that they're wearing on their watch. They asked me if I was wearing my Apple watch to sleep. And I was like, that sounds like the most comfortable thing on earth. No, <laughs> I don't do any yeah. type of devices, but I am the first to admit that I am not great at prioritizing my sleep and I wish I were mm. better but I'm doing all of these revenge uh, bedtime procrastination things that we (laughs) talked about earlier. So in setting those boundaries, you know, how much sleep do we need and what are your recommendations and are any of these gadgets really helpful to see if we're getting adequate sleep? Yeah, absolutely. And you are not the only one. Revenge bedtime procrastination is extremely common, extremely. But I think, you know, the first thing is making that decision that you know what this matters my sleep matters because that way I'm showing up better for everyone like Mm -hmm. I'm suddenly the same things the kids that felt like they were walking around me on eggshells that they're like oh what just happened to mom you know that kind of thing so once you set that as the goal then the idea is okay how do I get there now the recommendations are seven to nine hours of sleep for Mm -hmm. like an adult Mm -hmm. But it turns out these numbers, while they're recommended by the National Sleep Foundation, they're not like set in stone. The ideal number of hours of sleep for you is the amount of sleep that you need to help you feel rested, rejuvenated, and energetic during the day. So if, for instance, you're trying to get nine hours of sleep and your body only needs seven, that's fine. You just have to be true to yourself. So the range again is seven to nine. And the way I ask people to have that checked to get a sense is how much sleep do you typically get when you're on vacation and you have no obligations, right? Because people are like, yeah, I'm okay. I do like a survive on six and a half hours or six hours of sleep. You might be a short sleeper, but most likely you need closer to seven or eight. So once you've mm-hmm. set that, Mm-hmm. then you can kind of walk your way backward. What time do I have to wake up in the morning to get my day started, right? And so you yeah. just kind of count backwards and yeah. then that's how you start. So that's with even setting your sleep goals in terms of the number of hours of sleep. And then, you know, incorporating some healthy sleep habits. Sometimes you hear about sleep hygiene. I'm not a fan of sleep hygiene because it makes it seem like when you don't sleep, you're not clean or something of that sort, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So I usually would just say, get the right sleep habits in place. And some of those things, I have an acronym called CREATE, that's C-R-E-A-T-E. And so C is for consistency. And the key behind that is having a set sleep, a wake time and sleep time. And the reason why is that we all have this internal clock or circadian rhythm. And so what doing, making sure that we're keeping to a consistent um, sleep time and wake time is that it cues that circadian rhythm to anticipate sleep. The R is having a routine at bedtime. So what does that look like? Like you talked about, we sing to our kids, then we read a book and we take a bath and we do some massage, you name it. Our bodies deserve that too. Our bodies deserve that a lot. 
you know? So finding two or three calming activities that are going to transition you from your day into night is really important. And so for some, it may be it may be uh, some breath work. It may be reading a book. It may be, you know, taking a bath, something of that sort and putting it in place where you're doing it consistently is mm-hmm. also very helpful. And then E stands for the environment. So you want your environment to be cool, to be dark and to be noise free. And all these are evidence based to impact the quality of sleep you get. So see that we're not only just talking about the quantity of sleep, we're now focusing a lot on how to improve the quality of sleep. And then A, I usually will say is assign your bed for sleep and sex. And that's it. So your bed should not be where you are your movie theater or your dining room or your office or your, you know, you name it, whatever. Right, right, right. Or your space for worry. It shouldn't be your, your worry space, you know? Mm -hmm. So you want to keep that place as secret as possible. And then T is tackle technology. We could talk all day about that, right? The devices, the impulses, the arousals we get from that text or that post or things like that. And then the last E, usually I talk about things you need to eliminate. So caffeine is a stimulant which stays in your system for a long time. And so you want to take caffeine, but if you want to take it, you want to be done about 12, about 12 p.m. or 1 p.m. 12, um, really? Yeah, it turns out it stays, the half-life is so long. It's about six hours on every, depending on people's metabolism. So if you drink caffeine for dinner, and you have a 50% half-life, meaning it's down by 50% at, at six hours, it's still going to be in your system. And so sometimes those that feeling of not being able to get deep sleep may be related to the caffeine still in your system. Mm. And the same for alcohol. Alcohol is a sedative, actually. It helps you fall asleep, but then your liver gets rid of it really quickly. And so because of that, it then starts to disrupt and fragment your sleep. And then the final thing, what's that? Yeah, the, in terms of the eliminate is, for me, usually what I would say is avoid heavy meals at bedtime, mm-hmm. also because of that discomfort and things like that that you may experience. And your body really shouldn't be fo- focusing on digestion. By the time you're asleep, your body should be focused on re- should be focused on re- restoring you and getting the sleep you need. So those are easy evidence-based like tips that I usually provide yeah. where you can start. You can literally start tonight. Yeah. Yeah. They're perfect. I am actually taking notes as we're talking. Uh, This is great. We've got boundaries. We know how much sleep we need and how to get the best sleep. So when you talk about you help moms, busy professional moms and their kids get sleep. I mean, talk to me about that because I'm a little mystified and I don't know if I should be locking my kids in my, in their rooms (laughs) at night or what, but okay. So here are the most common complaints I I hear. Okay. Mm. Perimenopausal women. I can fall asleep, but I, I wake up and, you know, three or four o'clock in the morning, I cannot get back to sleep and I'm just miserable Mm. and grumpy all day or shift work, right? Mm. Our night shift or a 24 hour shift. They're dead tired. takes several days to recover or getting woken up by the kids all night, mm-hmm. right? So you've got yeah. young kids and you're like, I don't know mm-hmm. the last time that I've slept through the night because it's one or the other or multiples yeah. who are yeah. waking me throughout the night. So yeah. talk to us about this. What do we do? I, exactly. So each one is so unique, which is why yeah. I, I really love what I do. I think what prompted me initially was, yeah, it's it's that mom, right? You're saying like, I finally get to drift off to sleep and suddenly this 
I had this pitter potter pitter potter down the hall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I mean, it takes you so long. So, and then it turns out even after that initial, so first of all, then, you know, they were newborns, you didn't sleep. Then they became toddlers right. and started pushing back. And then they're preschoolers and they're scared about the monster under the, yeah. you know, under the yeah. bed. And then finally, maybe they are finally getting to sleep. Now you can't sleep because your brain is now constantly on overdrive, especially mm-hmm. like you mentioned with hormonal changes, mm-hmm. with the, the demands that we continue to have and really not having time to unplug and things like that. Those all contribute. So depending on what is going on, I'm able to kind of work families through if it's your child that's your sleep disruptor. So it turns out not just medical issues are your sleep disruptor. <laughs> Sometimes the yeah. kids... And yes, I mean, people have considered locking those kids in the room. Yes, I have to say that that's also come up quite a number of times. But there are strategies we can put in in place, regardless of the age of the child, regardless of the sleep issues they're having. And so I can kind of work with both of you, essentially, with helping your child sleep independently, because who doesn't want that? And once your child is able to sleep independently, you should be able to get that sleep you need Or if you're not, then we could talk through what are the specific issues. Like you said, mind racing at bedtime is very common, especially for women. Or they may be so tired they fell asleep. And then once once that initial sleep pressure is down, it's like that flight and fight response now comes up. And so we can talk through like strategies to deal with that. Some of that involves a lot of journaling meditation, you know, finding things that can help you kind of slow that nervous system down Mm -hmm. um, and things like that is what I work with. And then usually what I recommend is if you've been in bed and it's become, again, that place of frustration, you're tossing and turning, you're exhausted, Mm -hmm. you're already dreading the morning because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a mess. Then we talk about things like stimulus control, which are components of things we use in polycognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia, for, you know, for women, for general, for everyone generally, where you need to get out of that bed. Remember, we want to make the bed a place of sleep, a place of safety, not a place of worry. So usually we'll talk about getting you out of bed, getting you doing something else. And when sleep comes, because sleep will always come, then you come back to bed. And then, of course, we also want to address any other underlying issues, right? Is it anxiety? Do you need to see a therapist? Do you need to see right, help? Right. Is there a sleep disorder, medical there, condition? Yeah, there's, exactly. there's so many, which is why we have yeah. sleep medicine specialists like yourself. So talk to me about, or tell our audience about your program, how you work with moms. You know, are you working, is this global? Are you restricted by states? How is this working? Because I really want to know about restful sleep MD. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I have, you know, I would say a day job, I guess, as an employed physician. And in Mm -hmm. that capacity, I see children with sleep issues. My company, Restful Sleep MD, is an online coaching uh, program where I have one-on-one coaching for moms. And, you know, if the children are, you know, contributing to why they're not sleeping, then we're see I'm I'm working with them to help them become their children's sleep coach essentially. Right. And teach those kids how to sleep. And so usually it's an eight-week program where we review your sleep diary, we set sleep goals, we have strategies in place to create boundaries to make sure you're getting the sleep you need. And if you're not able to, why you're not? And we're really drilling down to why. And then at the end, we're coming up with sustainable plans because life happens. You may get to a point where you're like, yes, I could sleep now. But then we have to empower you 
with the tools you need when that comes, when there's a loss of a loved one or there's a change of a job or a move or a child that's sick or something like that. How do we make sure that this plan that we've in, we've made we've come up with is sustainable for the future? And really yeah, that's yeah. what I do. And then I also help I also speak as my passion as an educator in various platforms, in webinars, in, you know, in at conferences, and also I guest coach. So for coaching programs, I also do come in to speak on sleep, especially as a critical aspect of our wellness. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, we all do need sleep and pregnancy and perimenopause are those times that I often see that women are having a really hard time sleeping. So I'm so glad to know that you're out there and that you can help all those women. So tell us how they can find you. Yes. So the best, one of the best places to find me is on my website at restfulsleepmd.com. And I do have a blog there as well. So there's some resources that you could get started with, including the the steps for creating restful sleep habits. It comes as a tip sheet. So you could just print that out and put that on your fridge and let's get sleeping tonight. That's one quick place. (laughs) And then also my, and on there also, if you want to connect with me and you're interested in speaking with me regarding working in my program, that would be the best place as well. And I'm also on the on social media, Facebook and Instagram as Restful Sleep MD. I have a YouTube channel as well where I come, I really just speak on a lot of common sleep issues yeah. that moms have, either related to their infants, to their toddlers, to their teenagers, or to them themselves. And so that's also a place where you can you can get some access to the things that I do. Fantastic. I just went and signed up for your tip sheet right now. (laughs) Yay, that's awesome. (laughs) All right. And there's my email. Okay. Fantastic. So ladies, go check out Dr. Brown with all these fantastic tips so that we can get to sleeping better so we can thrive in our lives. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for having me. All right, Sky community, thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.